Will you turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 2, the familiar story that is read so often this time of year at Epiphany, story of the Magi, Matthew 2, the first 12 verses. Hear the word of God. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men, then he summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Will you pray with me? Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. And it is in your precious name that we pray. Amen. You know, the story of the wise man has fascinated saints and scholars for two millennia. And the details of Matthew's account intrigues us, has intrigued me for many years. This strange story of wise men, ancient astrologers, ancient astronomers, call them what you will, who set out in search of Christmas. Something compelling them to move out from things that were familiar on a difficult, arduous journey because they knew that there was something missing in their lives to be experienced somewhere else. Something they didn't experience in their native lands. So whatever religious festivals they may have enjoyed, whatever assurances there may have been, something was missing. And they set out in search of that something. With eagerness, determination, this long, arduous journey stood before them. And despite the problems, they eventually found him of whom Moses and the prophets spoke. They found the baby destined to be king. They found Christmas. One of the old hymn writers penned it this way, as you'll see up on the screen. 
to those who have never listened to the message of your birth. They have winter, but no Christmas, bringing them your peace on earth. Send to these the joyful tidings by all people in each home. Be there heard the Christmas anthem. Praise to God, the Christ has come. So it was that these wise men had never heard. Something was missing in their lives. If I might quote a fellow Irishman, a a, a great Irish poet, William Butler Yeats, he said on one occasion, life is a long preparation for something that never happens. But for the wise men, everything was going to be different. Something amazing, something different was about to take place. But the sad thing for me, as I reflect upon the Christmas season that is now just past, is that every year there are so many people in our society, throughout this country and throughout the world, who miss Christmas. And it seems to be a growing number with our sense of political correctness that we ought not to wish uh, people Merry Christmas. This supposed separation between church and, and state. And when you turn on the, the, the radio, you don't hear the old familiar carols uh, so often. It's more like jingle bells and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa's coming to time. All of which is fine and good. But the interesting thing is that what we experience today in our society in America in 2015 and these years that surround it is only an old mid-winter festival pagan event commemorated by long-forgotten societies. Now we need to admit as Christians that we do not know the date of Christ's birth. In all probability he wasn't born in December at all. Uh, But rather the church for two hundred years did not concern themselves with the birth of Christ. They didn't celebrate Christmas for 200 years. They were much more concerned with the redemptive act of Jesus Christ in history, the cross, the sacrifice that he made, that he died for human sins, that, that he rose from the dead, and that he reigns for all eternity. And so the church was much more interested in the salvific nature of the coming of Christ and his birth for 200 years. But in the 4th century, the Bishop of Rome wanted to transform the the Roman pagan festival of Saturnalia and give it a Christian twist, which was held on the 25th of December every year. And so he tried to infuse it with Christian meaning. And so he decided that that's the time when we should celebrate the birth of Christ. In retrospect, I don't think he ever really succeeded because Christmas has often reverted back to being that, that pagan festival. Multitudes enjoy the festive season of the year, but when it's over, one needs to say that they have never really found Christmas. Because Christmas trees and and decorations and and tinsel and turkey and stockings and, and Santa Claus do not make Christmas. 
Christmas properly understood is a spiritual pilgrimage in search for a baby born to be king. And it was that search that prompted this amazing story of the Magi to set out in this long, arduous journey, dangerous it may have been, in search of meaning, something that would fill the vacuum, something that would give them an idea what was really important in life. They were wise men, so described, part of the intelligentsia of society. These were the These were the brightest and best of the sons of the morning. Listen to what one scholar uh, says about them. There is something extremely striking and stimulating to the imagination in the vagueness of the description of these eastern pilgrims. Where they came from, how long they'd been traveling, how many there were, what was their rank, whether they went, all these questions are left unresolved. They glide into the story present their silent adoration and to silently steal away. The reality is that we know very, very little about them. But what is it that we do know? We don't know if they were from Persia or wherever they might have been from. But we can say, first of all, that they were Astronomers are astrologers. Now, we today, of course, draw a distinction between astrology and astronomy, but back in ancient times, they were basically one and the same thing. They simply observed the movement of heavenly bodies. We also know that they were outside the commonwealth of Israel. Certainly we know that. They were not aware of Old Testament revelation. They were not aware of the chosenness of the people of God in Israel. They were not aware of the promises of a coming Messiah from a biblical perspective. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles outside the commonwealth of Israel. But God is a way of speaking to people in ways in which they understand. Wouldn't you agree? God is that marvelous way of breaking through any which way that we can hear his voice. And so in this case, he used this evanescent star to indicate something supernatural, something unusual. Now, I don't have time to get into the composition of the star, and it's really not my primary interest as a biblical theologian, I'm much more interested in the effect of the star than its composition. For the effect of this amazing light in the sky was to send these men on a journey of discovery. They saw in that star something special. And so they began their quest for meaning. Faith always begins with a quest for meaning. Always. And so it was with the wise men. Will you notice several things about their journey? First of all, the star took them a long way from home. Now, it was on those, in those days, it was very unusual for people to travel long distances, whether from Persia or from wherever. And they deliberately were willing 
to leave behind them all the comforts of home, their kinship ties, all that was familiar to them, and every day took them a day further away from everything they knew, everything they loved, everything that was important to them. And the lesson, surely, that we pick up from that is that in our search, in our quest for the Christ, it may be that our search will lead us far from home. That's certainly my case. Never dreaming when I was a a young boy, when I give my life to Jesus Christ as a teenager, that I would find myself on an airplane, leaving my homeland and everything that I loved and was dear. I remember on that plane, I, I mused to myself, the reason I was leaving all that I loved and starting out on a pilgrimage or a journey of discovery was the fact that 2,000 years ago, a man rose from the dead and my life would never be the same. But let me put it to you this way. Sometimes the things that are dear to us, friends, familiar things, ambitions, behaviors, sometimes they can hold us back. Wouldn't you agree? Sometimes they hold us back from the quest of discovery. All that God has planned for us. Because let it be said that the search for Christ is all-consuming. A life dedicated completely and utterly in the service of a baby born to be king. It is all-consuming. Jesus doesn't fit into a compartment of our lives. He seeks to dominate every part. Then the second thing I would have you notice is that the star didn't stop where they anticipated that it should stop. As they entered into the land of Israel, it seemed obvious to them that their search for a king would lead them to a palace. That makes great sense. If you were searching for a king, you would go to a palace. And so they went to Jerusalem. It was, after all, the seat of government. It was the center of a religious life. Surely that would be the place of discovery. Surely there they would find the meaning. Surely there they would find the Christ. Surely there they would discover Christmas. But we know that royalty knew nothing about the great event. There was no celebration in the palace, in the court. There was no festive music, no flags were flying, no excitement. There was no Christmas in the court. And when they gained audience with Herod himself in verse 2, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Herod was not able to answer. There was no Christmas there. But even more we want to say that Religion cared nothing about the great event, did it? And this is the staggering thing for me. Herod is perturbed by the question, where is he who is to be born king of the Jews? And Herod doesn't know, but he summons his own wise men and inquires of them where the Christ would be born. And they were able to tell him without slightest hesitation, oh, we know, he's to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. They didn't even hesitate. They knew exactly where he was to be born. And they quoted the prophet. 
You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the Jews, for out of you will come a ruler. Oh, they knew all right. They were in no doubt whatsoever. An amazing thing that they knew the answer right away. But they didn't care. And I always find it sadder that Herod's, sadder than Herod's ignorance is religious apathy. Don't we find that in our churches today? This ho-hum sense of Christian faith. I see so often over the 40 plus years of ministry so many young people on fire for Jesus Christ and they, they get involved with some older Christians who are just dull. No excitement, no flags flying. You'd never think that they, they embrace the greatest news that ever shocked the earth. I believe the greatest sin of the church today is to make the gospel dull. This is great news. This is the most staggering thing that ever happened from the very foundation of the world. This is an amazing story of redemption. This is an amazing story of love. How can we possibly make it dull? And yet we do. May God forgive us. Don't mean to insult your intelligence, but my third observation here, since the star didn't stop where they thought it should, the third thing I want to say is that the star stopped where it did. Verse 9, we read, When they heard the king, they went their way, and all the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child rested in a village they'd never heard of. Not even in one of the more respectable homes in the village in which they had never heard of. It was a cattle shed, if you will. It was a cave. It was a hole in the rock. What an anticlimax to this amazing, arduous journey on which they had engaged. There was no legal, no regal robe, no canopied throne. Simply a picture of two simple youngsters. Mary was, what, 12, 13, 14 years of age. And her young husband, Joseph, and a baby. I want to say that however treacherous the journey of life in which we embark, the reward at the end is incomparable. God never disappoints. Do believe your faith. The end is always Sure, the wise men discovered the king. They found Christmas's true meaning. They offered their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I know there are those who have done tremendous studies into the significance of gold and frankincense and myrrh, but I would simply point out that the gifts were costly. But perhaps the most precious of all the gifts that were proffered was the gift of humble worship. I love this verse. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. And those gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, amazingly costly that they were, were simply an expression of the humble worship. And it happens every time 
we discover the Christ. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. As I conclude, will you reflect with me on this road traveled by these wise men? Because I believe they are marked by three signposts which may aid us if we would begin a genuine, honest-to-goodness search for the Christ born into the world. And the first one is the stirring of the Spirit. In this much-loved story, I ask myself the question, what was it that prompted the wise men to set out in the first place? What was it that got into their gut that they were willing to leave everything and set out on this journey not quite knowing where they were going in treacherous, difficult, dangerous times? And I, I conclude without any equivocation that it wasn't merely curiosity because they took with them these precious costly gifts of gold and frankincense and they were intent on worshipping this newborn king. It wasn't curiosity that drove them out. They actually went in order to worship. The only explanation that could possibly satisfy our dilemma is the explanation that there was the stirring of God's spirit within their souls and within their hearts. When God breathes upon a person, when God breathes his spirit, he prompts a quest for discovery and understanding. That was true of Nicodemus, you remember when he met Jesus by night. So if ever you sense in any way, shape, or form any degree of stirring within your soul, do not neglect it. Do not push it aside. Seek it. Pray for it. Because it will launch you into the greatest of adventures. And then the second signpost that I would point to was, of course, the star itself. The star without answering the spirit within. God sends a star. Now, the star can take many different forms. In my own case, it was godly youth leaders that I knew by their actions and by the character of them that there was something very special about them and, and, and I knew it was Jesus and I wanted what they had. There may be such a person in your life for whom God is real. There may be other forms of the star, but God will send a star of some shape or form pointing you to himself. And then the third thing, along with the Spirit and the star, is the signpost of Scripture. 
You know, it's an amazing thing as I reflect upon this story that here you have the wise men standing in the court of Herod and all of a sudden they realize while it was the obvious place to go in looking for a king, they had made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Where is he who is to be born king? I have no idea. Where would they go from here? Verses 5 and 6 tell us. Herod's wise men told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. Scripture provided the answer. These are the three signposts. The search for the Christ was begun by the Spirit, the stirring of the Spirit. It was guided by the star. And it was brought to fulfillment by obedience to God's word. And they found Christmas and its true meaning. My beloved, it is the same scripture that is at work today in human history with the same unassailable clarity. John writes in his prologue, he says the word became flesh and lived among us. We saw his glory. Such glory as of the one and only Son of the Father. And then he says these words, as many as received him, he gave the right, I love that expression, he gave the right to become God's children to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, but of God. As Christmas recedes for another year and as you take down all the Christmas ornaments, may the story of the wise men linger for a while longer and challenge you, like them, to leave what is necessary to leave behind in order to discover the Christ of Christmas. Follow that stirring in your soul that is placed there by God's Spirit. Find your way to the Christ. Be guided by Holy Scripture. And discover ultimate fulfillment. Let us pray. Father we thank you. That we can discover. The Christ of Christmas. The quest that will lead us. To life. Thank you for this old familiar story. So profound, so wonderful. May it be our guide as we tread the path to become more like Christ. In his name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. A very special opportunity is before us. 
to worship our Savior and risen Lord through an act of giving. So the ushers come.